0: Hello, I'm Brett Terpstra, and you're listening to Systematic. This week's guest is Kelly Gamont, operations manager at Technolutionary in Washington, D.C., as well as doing daily observations over at Mac Observer, the Incomparable with Don Melton, and the After Show with Mike Rose. How's it going, Kelly?
1: Uh, it's going good, Brett. How about you?
0: Oh, man. I'm having a rough day.
1: I understand completely.
0: You you're you're already privy to this having been through a a rather chaotic pre-show with me, but things are not going my way today.
1: Yeah, I know those days. (laughs) I think we all do. I'm happy
0: that this worked out, though, that I actually have you and we're we're recording now. Yes. So I thought you lived in Portland. I do. How are you working in Washington, D.C.? Remotely. (laughs) I suppose that's the obvious answer.
1: Yeah. uh, Well, what happened was uh, Tom Bridge is one of the founders of Technolutionary and is a friend of mine. And uh, not that long ago, in January, as a matter of fact, this year, um, he told me that he had had a conversation with the other founding partner and said, like, my friend Kelly, we totally need someone like my friend Kelly to just sort of, like, handle all this stuff so that we can be doing this. And then I happened to mention that I was in the market for a new, for, for new employment. And so we sat down and had a couple of conversations about it. And so they hired their first remote person. Cause all of there's, um, three of them total who all live in Washington, DC and it's IT consulting. So like a small place that uh, needs an IT department, or even just some place that has somebody that mostly handles the day to day stuff and then calls in backup, you know, for something larger. Um, Uh, those are our clients and so they're all there like in-person hands-on and uh, in the before times the intent was for me to uh, be able to schedule people and to keep track of a little bit of project management like um, this place totally needs their network redone so when we have a when we have two people with a free afternoon we need to book that slot you know things like that Um, it has been different (laughs) than that right now Um, but like there's there's still a lot of people who are going into the office there's still people like hiring you know there's lots of hiring happening uh we spent uh, most of march and april helping people with vpns and things like that so um yeah and i'm learning a ton because i didn't know a whole lot of like nuts and bolts networking kinds of things so i've been learning loads about that and doing lots of frontline support so people who um sometimes you know the password screen is a trick question for some people uh (laughs) and so i help uh so i help those folks out which used to be a thing that uh they had to do like in the car like i can return phone calls while i'm driving from one client to another client and you know everybody kind of has to wait until i'm done you know and in the car again before i can actually try and help anyone so um I end up sort of being home base for all of that.
0: Yeah, so I feel like operations manager is a job title that probably means something entirely different depending on where you're working. That's so true. <laughs> it, in your case, it sounds like it has some aspects of project manager. What exactly would you say yeah. your uh, kind of what does the job title mean for you?
1: Uh, well, for me, it's sort of. Uh, at least initially again uh it was day-to-day operations so it was where is everybody if something happens who's going to be the available person that i can get to deploy to some sort of you know um unplanned outage so unscheduled dispatch. outage you know that kind of thing yeah so a little bit of dispatch um a little bit of being able to route the right the right things to the right people so um I have a work phone and my work phone is part of, uh, I think it's called a ring pool. So if somebody calls the main number at Technolutionary, there's a chance my phone will ring and I'll pick it up and answer it. And, you know, who is that person? What do they need? Um, Handling sort of incoming email and uh, tickets that come from our automated system about uh, something weird is going on with your hard drive or you haven't backed up to, you know, crash plan or time machine or backblaze or something in whatever amount of time we've set you know for that particular organization things like that so
0: so you're also doing like actual tech support too then
1: yes I do yes I do a lot of tech support and I do a lot of um like helping folks with projects like if somebody decides they want to migrate from their old email system to a new email system you know whether it's to Microsoft Office or away from Microsoft Office or (laughs) get everybody upgraded from whatever version of macOS they're on is a project I'm in the midst of now and things like that. So, yeah. yeah.
0: You're upgrading yourself right now.
1: Uh, Well, my my own computer only just went to Catalina. I was on Mojave for a long time. Uh, You mentioned I do a podcast with Don Melton and uh, Don's stance is Gramps Don't Beta and I think I might have (laughs) caught a little bit of... uh, Gramstone beta from him. Yeah, but uh, but Catalina <laughs> so hasn't been in beta
0: it. for a year. Well,
1: they shipped <laughs> it. Okay, but yeah. we know it was in beta till like Christmas at least, and then after that I just never got around to it. So, uh it's done now.
0: For for the record, I am not running Big Sur on my production machine yet.
1: Oh yeah. Never which
0: heard. is going to be a whole thing. Oh yes. Marked, sure. marked, my my main source of income, my application mm-hmm. Marked, uh, it's PDF export breaks on Big Sur. And the solution is to do a complete rewrite of Marked oh, that no. will then only work on Big Sur. On Big Sur. So really, I'm look at de- looking at developing two entirely separate applications and also trying oh. to get NV Ultra out and I'm losing a lot of sleep right now over this.
1: And I can imagine that that's only going to increase because Apple just announced an event for next Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I'm, I'm
0: screwed. There's no way I get a There's no I way I get a full rewrite done by then anyway.
1: No. But I imagine part of that is going to be here's Big Sur whatever date they slap on it whether it's the next day or not. Yeah you know, it's, I'm, I'm hoping that will be part of the one more thing. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. That's, so that's, that's my life right now.
1: Um, well, I do a podcast five days a week. And so to me, like my audio setup is sort of, it's not that it's fragile. It's just that I don't have a lot of patience to necessarily sit down and mess with everything sort of over again, which is part of where my anxiety came from with Catalina because um, I just didn't want to break anything was really what it was. And I am often not as much as as uh, your friend of mine, Victor Greta Jr., has this happen to him. But I'm one of those people that like if something weird is going to happen, it's going to happen to me. Like, you know, all I did was upgrade my operating system. But now every time I turn my computer on the screen is purple, you know, or whatever. Like there's always some weird thing and I will end up with that. And I didn't want to mess up my audio setup. So that was part of my inertia was just, everything works. Why should I go like kick a bunch of it over and just hope that it all stays up?
0: I have the opposite problem where like nothing bad usually happens to me unless I really push my luck. (laughs) And like to the extent where people will tell me about the weird things that are happening to them. And just by explaining them to me, the problem goes away or by having Ah. me sit next to their phone while they show me what's wrong. It -hmm. just stops happening. I'm magical.
1: We call that technician proximity syndrome.
0: Yeah. 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 I guess I'm a technician. There you go. I'm not networking like the idea of <laughs> learning networking. Networking is the biggest mystery to me.
1: It's a mystery to me too. It's a mystery to people who are network administrators, so I feel <laughs> a little bit better, you know, in that respect. There is
0: a lot uh, of black yeah. magic involved.
1: There is. There really is. Yeah. I'm with you on that 100%. Every it's, every time I every time, I
0: every time I pitch a uh a networking question to like Twitter the responses I get back are half gibberish to me. Did yeah. you check your packet rate at the loop back? And I d- d- mesh yeah. networking. Yeah. I I can't even translate half of the advice I get.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I have some networking knowledge only because uh, Mr. Kelly used to be a Windows user for a lot of years. And so in order for anything to work for both his machine and mine, I sort of had to be the one who knew how to make it work. So um, I have a bunch of sort of accidental network administration that I've done through my life just to make sure that, you know, his computer and mine will both work with that. And this goes back to like, gosh, it'd be Mac OS 9, like Mm -hmm. pre Mac OS 10 days when uh, trying to get everything to work together on the same network, you know, it was a pain in the neck. Or um, having to write config files by hand just to make sure that the printer would print for both machines, you know, and things like that. So um, I have a, a a a little bit of out of necessity sort of network knowledge, and uh, part of that uh, now comes from uh, home smart home home kit Internet of Things sorts of devices that uh, we continue to bring home and <laughs> hook up to my network.
0: Totally. Um, yeah. So you were you were going to speak at the Mac stock that didn't happen this year. I was. Um,
1: I had a talk all planned out.
0: The theme was play, which was a tough one for me because yes. the things that I consider play, are they don't translate for other people. Like... <laughs> Like I like to write regular expressions. For me, that's it's 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 that's fun. It's it's a puzzle to solve, um, but it's hard to like say that to a group of people. So I had to like search really hard. I ended up picking a topic around like automation, home automation, because that uh-huh. that is, unless you take it very seriously, that's all play. We're all just kids having fun with making lights turn on and off. But oh, um, for sure. So that was my pick. What 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 direction did you go with yours?
1: Uh mine was going to involve uh yarn time basically. Um because uh it's a full on break from whatever else you're doing sort of. Um you have uh like if you like if you're typing, you know or something like that, uh you have to be engaged in doing something you know with yarn t- like if you're going to crochet for example and i was going to use crocheting as a way to do that um and part of and and for like part of it is uh, if you are trying to do a lot of stuff that ends up being sort of brain intensive like you need to give it all you need to give like your subconscious a chance to process and stuff and that's where like um sleep comes in super handy is it sort of helps you know work all that stuff out overnight sort of set the things that you're you're able to remember and having to leave those things alone and so one of the things i kind of wanted to talk about was the importance of getting to take a break and and that it's necessary to take a break and it's important to take a break and it's it's the same sort of thing as like sharpening a pencil like you can't write with a pencil while it's being sharpened like you have to you know you have to take a minute Go sharpen it, come back, and then it's ready to go. But after a while, like it's dull and it can be hard to write with, and you know it ends up like you know slope down the one side where it's all weird and like it's not a great experience. You have to take a break and sort of sort all of that out and then come back to it. And your brain needs that too. So uh, I was going to talk about, and uh, I still I never got around to the logistics of it, but I was going to try to find a way to um, get yarn for as many people as we're going to be at my talk and sit down and I'm going to show you one easy thing that you can do do this and then like do this you know for a row and then turn around and go back and just keep doing that because it's a complete context shift for most people Um a lot of people who sit in front of computers are dealing primarily with words and this is basically not dealing with words and if you're sitting in front of it dealing with numbers if you're doing like complex calculations there's not a lot of complex math that comes into the into something if you're using a pattern already like if it's a known pattern that you're just following you just have to follow it so all you have to do is be able to count so you know you have it's it's 34 stitches across so you have to be able to count to 34 that's it not square root of two or like nothing complicated at all it's just count all the way across count all the way back, and. Just showing like a very easy way to make that happen, and another thing that's nice about it is uh there've been there's science behind taking a break, and there's science behind uh like knitting while you listen to a video you know a, a web video while you're taking a class or knit while you sit in a meeting, and there's proof there's proof that like retention is higher, and it's a little easier if you've got this other thing sort of low key distracting. Uh, the very distractible part of your brain because you're knitting or you're crocheting while you're listening to someone talk. That doesn't mean you're not listening to them. It just means that, like, the part of your brain that would normally be veering off in some other direction is consumed with, did I make it all the way across? And you know, now that's... I have to chain one and turn and come back.
0: Yeah, I know that's true of ADHD people the, uh, the need to fidget while absorbing information. Is that true of everybody? Yes.
1: Um, I think it's true of a lot more people than just ADHD people. I don't know if it's like a hundred percent neurotypical people it or must not, be. but it's, it definitely helps to have that other thing to do. I mean, we've seen like, I mean, I know you and I have seen so many sort of fidgetous toys that have gone by, you know, there's spinners, there's the little cubes, like the one I'm looking at right here on my desk that has like each, each side has a different thing that you can push or pull on or whatever i have one um yeah yeah and i think you know so there there's you know there's something to that and part of the nice thing about this about having this as a hobby because i uh i aspire to knit i'm not very good at knitting um but i aspire to knit and crochet and one of the things that i like about it is that there's something to show for the hour that i spent sort of goofing off or whatever yeah um and I, I I like that piece of it. And another thing I like about it is that um, there are so many things out there, especially now, like just in the, you know, in the last 10 years or so, as more people who are nerds or whatever, um, you know, whatever you want to pick. If you're a nerd or a geek or you super belong to some fandom, like a lot of those folks intersect with yarn in some way. So like right now, something that I'm doing is from a kit that I got last year for Christmas called Star Wars Crochet. And I'm crocheting uh, Yoda out of this little book. It came with, it was a book and it came with some yarn and some stuffing to make um, adorable little Star Wars guys. And so I'm crocheting adorable little Star Wars guys right now. Um, And, and so there's lots of fandoms out there. Like I've seen this same company makes kits for like Marvel characters and there's Wizard of Oz, and there's like um, the Frosty the Snowman and Rudolph Christmas specials. Uh, you can get those characters, and it's all in this little prefabbed kit. Uh, and then there's all kinds of other stuff. Like you can knit, I have done this actually. Um, you can knit uh, one of the scarves from Harry Potter for whatever house it is that you prefer. Um, there's lots of other uh, sort of yarn craft around other sorts of fandoms as well. So there's a lot of things that that give you an opportunity to also sort of continue to be part of whatever fandom it is that you like. So, like, I've got a couple Doctor Who patterns. I've got some Star Trek patterns. I've got more Star Wars patterns. Um, There's lots of stuff out there that you can also still be sort of enjoying whatever thing it is that you like to enjoy while you're doing it. So, like, I sat and worked on my on crocheting my little Yoda guy. Uh, While I watched The Mandalorian last Friday.
0: (laughs) So (laughs) So my interest in, I I, I do not knit or crochet. Uh, I
1: can't believe that between Elle and I, this hasn't happened.
0: Well, yeah, I was going to say, you you know, my girlfriend, Elle, and she is, she's become quite the uh, knitter and crocheter. And I always mix the two up and she always corrects me. It's crochet. No, it's knitting. Um, (laughs) And Here's how
1: you tell. Crocheting is one stick.
0: Right, knitting but, takes both hands. But when I look at the finished product, I can't always tell. Oh, that was crocheted or that was knit. Like I look, I,
1: look you have to look close. But if there's V's, it's knitting.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Also, yep. I don't
0: care. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, she, she, she is convinced that if I sat down and did what you just described doing with the Mac stock audience, if I just knit a row. Mm-hmm. and and began to feel the just kind of the rhythm and the pattern that yeah. I would get into it and next thing I know I'd be I'd be knitting clothing and, and all it's kinds so of stuff. It's so nice. It is. Well, she's she's made me stuff that I love. Like my favorite yeah. hat in the world is one she made for me last year and mm-hmm. it is the coolest looking, best feeling hat I've ever owned. And yeah, I would like to make stuff that that, that was that cool, but mm-hmm. Also, I like to play games on my iPhone.
1: Yeah, I do too.
0: And that tends to, like, all the time she spends knitting, <laughs> which, like, we, we do it while we watch TV. Yep. She knits so while while we watch TV. And I I have to tell, if things happen on screen that are visual only, like uh-huh. if, if the character reads something on a sign, but there's no audio to go with it, I will usually, like, I'll be her uh, kind of like audio <laughs> subtitles and I'll audio her, description describe yeah. what's happening on screen. Um, <laughs> but in the meantime, like at, with my ADHD, it's hard for me to just sit and focus on the TV show. So I'm always fidgeting and I have an array yeah. of fidget toys, but I, it's so addictive to play iPhone games while watching TV. Maybe knitting is is a solution to iPhone addiction.
1: I think it it can be at least like for me, it's one of the things that I have used to try and cut down on the time that I spend goofing off in iPhone games. Hmm. And so because I sort of think about like I could be, you know, I could be knitting something or I could be uh, working on, you know, whatever that is, because I also like really useful stuff like that's the other piece of it. So uh the whole reason I sat down and decided I wanted to learn how to crochet in the first place cuz I started with crocheting cuz it seemed like the one stick was easier than the two sticks at Is the it? same time. Yes. <laughs> uh, at least for me it was much easier to learn because I only had to worry about holding onto one stick with one hand, holding onto yarn with the other hand as opposed to like a stick in each hand but also yarn and like that's a whole thing. Um So I got a bunch of fundamental stuff sort of out of the way by learning to crochet first. And the other great thing about crocheting is that it's really forgiving. So whatever the stitch is, if you're doing it wrong, let's say, but you do it wrong the whole way and it doesn't come unraveled or anything, like it's not fundamentally like wrong, uh, then it looks fine like no one will know that you didn't do 100% the stitch in the pattern or whatever. Like if you're consistent about it, it usually comes out okay. So it's pretty forgiving in that way too. So I I I like it for that. Um and I started learning to crochet because I wanted to learn how to make the towels that my grandma used to do yeah. where you have the little loop across the top so that it doesn't fall off the oven handle when you yeah, put the towel yeah. there. So this has a button and you put a you know you button it to the oven handle or the refrigerator handle mm-hmm. or whatever. And then it doesn't fall off. And it's the, gr- like in my kitchen, it's the greatest thing. It's, it's part of the landscape. It's been that forever because my grandma made them for everybody. And so it was just sort of a thing that ha that happened in, you know, the houses of my people was the towel was always buttoned to the thing be- and wouldn't fall off. Yeah. So, that was why I learned how to crochet was just to be able to to make those for myself out of thing out of towels I wanted and out of yarn I wanted, and so I that was the whole thing that got me going with it again. Like you know, from as aside from like sort of sitting and goofing around, you know, while she was crocheting, you know, sitting with her, you know, making chains a mile long or whatever, I could do something else. So um, that's how I ended up getting back into it, and I I really enjoy it for the fidget factor of like, I could be knitting, but also, you know, taking a class online or watching TV or things like that. So I sort of like having something to show for my TV time. Sure. So that it doesn't feel like I just slacked. all night. <laughs> like, I wasn't just goofing off. Like, I made five of these little, you know, kitchen scrubbies, you know, and now I now I have those in my stash of like, like, you know, gifts to give people or whatever. Oh, a friend of mine moved. I can go give them like one of these in a dishcloth and, you know, coordinate with their kitchen or whatever. That kind of thing. So
0: do you do you want to know what Elle is making right now? I do very much. So like right now I'm wearing something she made me last year. They're they're <gasps> knit mucklucks. Oh, no. Which are like boots. That sounds amazing. They Yeah, they're awesome. And they're they're orange and I love them. Um, But right now, she's knitting socks, like with sock yarn, like form-fitting socks, which to me is insane.
1: I am so intimidated by socks.
0: Yeah. Like, people, like, we know, like, the, I don't mean to stereotype, but the old ladies in town who knit, Mm -hmm. Um, the knitter circle, uh, most of them are... Also, apparently intimidated by socks. Oh, you're making socks? Oh my! Yeah. But she's well, she's almost get, done. Like it's going really well. A lot really of people
1: well. get second sock curse. Like is I think is what it's called or second sock syndrome, where like you knit the one and you get partway into the second one and. Eh.
0: Well, she's doing them on. <laughs> she's doing them simultaneously. Oh, uh, okay. Like it's that helps. They're both on the the loop the, at the, the same circulars. time. The circulars.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've heard about that. Yeah. It sounds cool. I'm I'm super intimidated by them because it's a thing you actually wear, but not a hat. (laughs) And like I I haven't made clothing besides hats.
0: You've never made a scarf. I've done
1: Oh, I made a scarf. I've made a couple of scarves. Um, but otherwise it's most like most of what I've made has just been hats. And like scarves scarves like if it's a little short, oh, well, if it's a little wide, oh, well, it's not like you can't wear it because it's just right. a scarf. So, yeah, that was actually the first thing I ever sat down and knit was uh, my my uh, Gryffindor scarf. And because <laughs> uh, I looked at the pattern and went, OK, I don't think switching colors would be that hard. Uh, and it says you just do this spiral forever. So it's a tube scarf. Um, and then I discovered when I went to buy all the yarn, I took my pattern with me and went to the yarn shop and said, hi, I want to make this in these colors. Can you help me? And it turned out to be a thousand yards of yarn. Wow. And that's a lot of yarn.
0: That's, that's like a thousand (laughs) yards.
1: It's like a thousand yards a yard. And that's what I did. And so that was my first project. Um, I knit a lot of dishcloths after that to sort of make up for it (laughs) because the other great thing about some projects is like most people have multiple projects going on at at the same time. Um, And part of the reason for that is because if you do, let's say a dishcloth and you use a stitch that's, that's taller then even if all you do is sit down and do and crochet one row across, you've made progress. It's like an inch and a half longer than it was when you started. And that's like, that can be even just like 10 or 15 minutes worth of, I'm going to sit down and double crochet across here. And now it's, like you noticeably more project than it was when you sat down. So like sometimes the gratification of it with a smaller project is really nice. Sock yarn is very thin, and so um like if you knit a row of a sock, you may not necessarily appreciate the progress <laughs> yeah,
0: right. there. Right.
1: So that's part of what I. That's another thing I really like about particularly crocheting and crocheting dishcloths in particular. I've made loads of them, and I because a I like doing it. B they don't take that long. C I can always give them to people. And like my mom, at one point, I gave her one and she was like, well, I don't I don't want to use it because I don't want to wreck it. Like, mom, that's, <laughs> that's the point. And I had to sit down and be like, mom, look, the ball of, like, I had to go buy yarn to make this dishcloth for you. And I spent about $2 on the yarn and I got five dishcloths out of it. Okay. So the cost of it, don't worry about. It's 100% cotton. So it works just like all the rest of your dishcloths. And if you don't use it and wear it out, I can't make another one and give it to you. So just use it.
0: Please. You, you make your dishcloths out of 100% cotton? Yeah. I would think like a poly wool combination seems suitable to me.
1: Wool wool would be nice, but um a lot of those you can't put in the dryer.
0: Oh. You put your dishcloths So if it's in just going to be yeah, fancy. I mean when I they come
1: see. out of the wash, they gotta go somewhere. So
0: um
1: so I really would... don't
0: do laundry enough.
1: <laughs> or at least don't wash dishcloths very often. Um that I feel like that's...
0: dishcloths are self washing. Like it... <laughs> it like you get 'em wet though, and soapy and then you rinse them and you wring them out and they're clean, right? Sometimes. Uh,
1: sometimes if you leave it. Yeah, them long Elle would enough, disagree like, with me on so that much. too. Yeah. Sometimes if you leave them for a while, it's, it's, it's not so much. So you got to kind of, you know, do something else.
0: (laughs) So, uh, it, it came up, uh, a couple times already, but you are a, uh, you're a pretty hardcore star Wars fan (laughs) and I am, and I figured if, if the knitting conversation wasn't compelling enough to people. (laughs) Maybe we could get into like a Star Trek Star Wars argument. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. (laughs) Also, I know you appreciate Star Trek.
1: I really like Star Trek. It doesn't have to be
0: a binary choice.
1: It's not. I do love Star Trek, but my heart is with Star Wars.
0: And uh, I um,
1: love Star Trek. I went and saw like lots of the movies, like opening day or opening weekend in a theater. You know, like as soon as I could get my hands on them, I went and saw them. I love Next Generation. Um, I'm watching Discovery. Picard was great. Like, yeah, it's not like I don't. I mean, hi, Rod. It's not like I don't love Star Trek. Yeah. So,
0: but, but I'm curious to hear your take on The Mandalorian. Don't give away season two.
1: I will not. Um, I adore The Mandalorian. And I think what it is about it that I like is, um, Well, what I've discovered about it that I what I that I like about it a lot is that it's showing us a whole lot of the Star Wars universe that we didn't see before. So um, and the reason I discovered this is because like when we end up in a location that seems familiar or we see um, aliens that we've seen before that look familiar that we recognize from something else, I sort of get not bored, but I'm like, oh, we've seen this. And I'm a little less interested Mm -hmm. in what's happening because like, we've been there, we've seen that show me something new. And that's, and I, it, it sits with me. I, like I was sitting thinking about it as I was rewatching season one before season two started last Friday. And I realized that specifically what it is, that's what it is about it that I like so much is that it's expanding the universe that we already have. And it's one of the things that I don't like in star Trek When we do that, like I didn't need to see the wrath of Khan again. I saw it once. (laughs) You don't need to retell me that story. Um, Like, tell me you have the whole universe to play in and you, you, you take me back to this for the third time. Like that just seemed unfair. Um, And it like, it bummed me out because there's this whole universe of stuff that you could be showing me and and you're showing me something I already know. Um, And that's one of the things that I really like about the last Jedi as a star Wars movie. I really like that it was trying to make the universe bigger and show us other things and show us different stuff that was also part of the universe that we've been inhabiting, you know, with these movies for so long. And that's what I really like about The Mandalorian. I love the, the you know, the Clan of Two, the Wolf and cub story, you know, that we're getting with that, that we saw through the arc of season one. And I really like how it came together and and it's it's another it does right now what the mandalorian is doing is what star wars does when it is at its best which is you're telling me an interesting story about interesting characters that happens to be set in space
0: yeah well yeah
1: that piece is into that piece is almost incidental to what's happening which is which is the part that i which is the thing that i like about it like when it's when it when star wars is really hitting its stride it's doing that And, uh, you know, it's, it's the same thing I like in other, other storytelling, you know, when the point of it is not space, the point of it is not the aliens, the point of it is the relationships, the point of it is whatever it is that, that this group of people is trying to accomplish together whatever, you know, that, that's the part I really like. And I, I enjoy seeing like the, the, the weird aliens and the goofy politics that, that different folks have here and there. And you know, all that kind of stuff is stuff that I really enjoy. So I anything that's that's sort of making the universe bigger, particularly in an interesting way, uh, that's the stuff that I like about about particularly the Mandalorian.
0: Did you read that's- at all about the set that they shoot on? It is
1: mind blowing. Yeah. I can't believe that they do the stuff that they do with that. Well, and I just love it.
0: Explain it, explain it to me. <laughs> as if as if i didn't cuz i have this like vague idea of these like crazy led screens and everything but mm-hmm. i don't think i fully understand what is happening so explain your understanding well, of it for me
1: so i think like it if i'm like parsing this properly right and i'm not a filmmaker so i don't i don't know for sure um but they film the book of of the show in this thing called the volume and it's like this massive it's this room and it's uh it, it's the it's it's like a sound stage i don't even think it's like 10,000 square feet it's i think it's less and so th- what they do is they take these screens and they put the scenery on the screens around the room instead of using like Map paintings and things like that yeah so um they they're doing a lot and it so it allows for like everyone to be in the same place at the same time regardless of where they're filming so uh like with the uh with the original movies they had to film like part of it in Tunisia and part of it in another place and part of it in another place and then some at a studio in London and with the volume they didn't have to do that um it's sort of like instead of having it, it, it's similar to green screen as an idea in that the backgrounds and stuff are all uh, computer generated. They're all something that was synthesized from someplace else, but um, they take it a step further by making it uh, by by sort of broadcasting it right, on the walls light. so that you can see it. So that all the people that are in the scene that's supposed to be taking place in the desert, like the ground. Is covered in you know the the floor that they're standing on is covered in sand and there's you know set pieces around them but you know a few feet away you're seeing like way you know it it's it's a vertical wall but it looks like you know the horizon is way out there and it goes on for miles and all that kind of stuff so um do you think there's a reason
0: they didn't call it the holodeck (laughs) (laughs) i mean would that have been crossing too many lines
1: It may have been. Um, I don't think this was developed for Lucasfilm um, (laughs) or ILM or, you know, whoever it is that they say is in in charge of that stuff these days. But um, uh, I think the company that came up with it, I don't know. I don't know why they named it that, but uh, I just think it's, but it's super cool. Um, If you have Disney Plus and are watching The Mandalorian, they did this um, additional series alongside of it called like the Disney Gallery. I think something like that. And they talk more about the Mandalorian and like how the story came to be and that sort of stuff. And there's one episode that just deals with like the logistics of filming in this space. And it's really cool to get a chance to watch.
0: Yeah. Have you, uh, since the, uh, since the whole pandemic thing, have you tried having a, uh, a digital watch party at all?
1: I have not. I should.
0: We did for, Um, uh, for Halloween. We got, uh, Dan Peterson from Agile Bits and yeah. Dave Chartier and uh Christopher Gamblay Wallenjack and a bunch of cool guys and girl and gals. And um actually there was I think L was the no, L and Hondi both showed up. Um, but anyway, like it's a Zoom call plus uh-huh. the Who not Hulu, uh Plex watch together feature.
1: Yeah. And then yeah, yeah.
0: while the movie's playing, we mute the Zoom call and switch to messages. Oh my gosh! For like the running commentary and the wisecracking, we do over <gasps> like text messages, and that it is awesome. It takes it's it's a lot of brain space because like <laughs> you've got two screens, three screens going at once, really, and and you're yeah. trying. There's you know there's that whole like. I wanna enjoy the movie, but I also need to be witty about this. Uh yeah. the whole MST three K thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> it, it's a yeah. blast though. And honestly, even with all that, they're still easier to pull together than a real life watch party with friends.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um uh Dawn and I used to sort of uh when Westworld was airing, we would wa we would watch you know, air quote together. Um where we would also go, like, we would just sort of, over messages, we would kind of coordinate. Like, I'm going to start at 6.30, so am I okay. Like, let's just hit play at 6.30. And then we would just sort of text each other at the same time, like, if about something that was happening. Or um, uh, as soon as I could name that tune, I would send him the name of it.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because he always wanted to
1: know. Uh, so, like, we would do that. And, um, you know, and he... He enjoys those exchanges immensely and will occasionally like when we were doing the show the podcast, he would talk about, you know, and this is when Kelly texted me, you know, whatever was <laughs> <I said. laughs> so.
0: Yeah. No, I really like I like remote watching with people. There's something mm-hmm. something very I I won't say it's better, but it's very different. Uh mm-hmm. not being in the same room, but still sharing the movie with someone. But
1: sharing that experience. And that's it like I've watched other other stuff kind of this kind of at the same time, not exactly, you know, like what you're doing. Um, but I have done stuff like that and sort of had, you know, had the conversation sort of going on the side, just in messages, you know, as I was watching it at home or whatever. And I think part of it is the little bit of normal that you, that comes from being able to talk to the person, you know? Yeah. Like, you would normally be able to like lean over and whisper that to somebody, but you know, now you just send it in messages. And so it's kind of a little bit of normal uh, yeah. in 2020, which is, which is hard to come by and therefore appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's much like uh, w- when things get back to normal, there are certain things such as uh, digital watch parties and, and for a, a non-trivial part of the population work from home, mm-hmm. uh, things that. Um, people don't necessarily want to go back to the way they were. Mm -hmm. Like, sure, we still want to have movie nights with friends. That would be great to get back to. Absolutely. But also these digital watch parties are fun in their own special way. And I would do them even if I didn't have to.
1: Well, and I think part of that is just sort of uh, the possibility, right? So now that we have much easier technology that makes it so that we can all watch the same thing at the same time, Like, it also means that you and I can watch something together regularly where that would not be a possibility most of the time.
0: Right. Yeah. Like the the last one was people from Chicago and Ontario, not Ontario, Ohio somewhere. And and Minnesota, like all just getting together on Halloween night and watching John dies at the end. Have you ever seen that movie?
1: (laughs) Uh. No, I heard about it. Um, you, I you would be hard-pressed like
0: to it. find a single good review of that movie, <laughs> but it's actually okay. not that bad. Oh, okay. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. It, it was a good Halloween movie. It wasn't too scary, but definitely a, a trip. Cool. Anyhow, should we do some top three picks?
1: Uh, we certainly could. Top Top so. two or three? Yeah. I mean, All right. I'll give you as many picks as you want because I I have a great number of things to pick.
0: <laughs> let's let's start with one.
1: Okay, um, so I'm gonna give you I will send you a link. Uh, this is uh a t-shirt. It should not surprise you that uh, I'm sending you a t-shirt, but um, you did mention to me that uh, a lot of your audience is uh, ADHD people, and so uh, I have this shirt that says. In the ACDC font, it says ADHD, and then below that, for because the, I know like picking a T-shirt on the podcast makes it riveting, but underneath that it says for those about to ooh a rock, <laughs> and so
0: I actually I, like, I own an ADHD ACDC shirt, but <laughs> it, it does not have the tagline under it.
1: That's why I thought you would dig this. Uh, so uh, this the the shop uh, that makes these shirts is uh, a friend of mine. His name is Eric. Hi Eric. And, um, uh, he has some other shirts too. He has uh, a fet lives t-shirt that he's been selling forever for people who, uh, disbelieve that sequence on Tatooine at the end of it. You know, they're in the middle of return of the Jedi. <laughs> um, and he's got, uh, he sells one that says bring your Ray game, which I love very much. Um, and it might be because i said i just all i want in life is a shirt that says this and so he made one uh and then he's got uh so, some other ones too i have one for uh rays salvage uh that says now accepting portion pal um there's a, there's just like some fun sort of goofy star warsy shirts there that i really enjoy so um there's some of those so that's uh that's my first pick is a clever t-shirt
0: i saw I saw a Welcome Matt the other day that in the AD in the A C D C font, it just said without any context, it just said for those about to knock.
1: <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it was good. That's a good one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Hit me with another one.
1: Okay. Uh so I have uh this is a pick that I have, like I said. I don't remember if we were recording or not when I said this, but uh, I'm always looking to optimize and I want like whatever, whatever it is I'm doing, I want it to be as convenient as possible when I'm trying to get it done. So um, one thing that I have found lately is that I've been, I've taken to uh, wearing my Apple watch 24 seven basically um, because I wear it for sleep tracking and uh, for the alarm because my alarm goes off half an hour before Mr. Kelly's alarm goes off. So it feels like having it tap me on the arm is a little bit nicer totally. than just having it blare 30 totally. minutes before he needs to be out of bed. So um I've started doing that. So it means that um I've been looking for a way to uh charge my device and charge my charge all of my devices basically. And I found this particular uh charging station, I guess um so it's got the it's all wireless charging it's got an upright place to set your phone and uh the base for that uh is just another Qi charger it'll charge headphones like your um i have like 3 sets of headphones right now that do wireless charging and all of them charge on this uh wireless pad kind of in the back and then the top of the the top of the place that holds the phone sort of folds back to be um flat so that it's horizontal yeah. and it's got another Qi charger there that you put your watch on. So this will charge three things at the same time for only slightly more than the space of a regular sort of upright charger. If you have a wireless charger that holds your phone upright, like on your desk or whatever. Yeah. Um, So I found this because I went looking for one because I saw a couple that looked kind of interesting, but kind of big and this isn't that much bigger than the the wireless upright charger that i already own that i have on my nightstand so i have this one on my desk and uh, i have it there to because i like first thing in the morning when i first get into work i will usually start uh, i will charge my watch for a while then and then i'll charge it uh, for a while later like during other stuff during the day so i get a couple of good opportunities to make sure it's full and it's an easy way to charge my work phone and kind of have a place for my work phone to live like yeah. If I'm not carrying it around, it can just sit right there. And then I always have a place to charge my headphones. And so um, I have found that super duper handy. I like that one a lot.
0: Yeah. I just, uh, I put little stand up watch chargers all over my house because I also <laughs> use it for sleep tracking and yeah. I use it for workout tracking. But then there's mm-hmm. all this time in between where I'm really just checking the weather or the time on occasion. <laughs> um, yeah. And and so, just here and there, I'll just find half an hour to just leave it on the whatever dock is near where I'm sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 yeah, it's it's a weird charging schedule. Also, the battery lasts for like uh, I would say two days at a time on this watch I've had for a couple of years now. Uh, it's bizarre. I was going to
1: ask which one you have.
0: It's a Series Three. It's oh, nice. Got bizarrely long battery life for its yeah for its age. But, uh, I have a
1: four, and I, I, I basically don't have, don't have trouble. If I can get two good stretches of time on the charger in a day, and I mean like less than an hour, if I can get two good stretches, I'm solid.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. And I built a, a flush mount Qi charger into my standing desk. Nice. So I can just lay my phone down on the desk, and mm-hmm. it charges um it's not fast i i mm-hmm. i don't fully understand what i would have to do to make it a fast charger you probably this... just
1: need a different wall plug <sighs>
0: i'll work on it i don't i don't <laughs> care that much I, kinda... I said
1: probably like a lot of times that's all it is like usually the it's not the cable that's the problem so
0: good to know all right uh w- what do you have for a maybe a third pick
1: uh, my third pick is something that um I've been, uh, I've been looking at because I do have a friend who uh, wants to learn to crochet, and so uh, this is what I was looking at. Uh, it's a kit for seventeen dollars that will teach you how to crochet a dishcloth. So. It's got the hook that you need. It's got three balls of nice yarn to use for this. It's not super duper fancy yarn or anything. It's just really great for dishcloths. Um, I've been using it for a while and I really like it. Um, it's got the pattern that you need and it's got a little booklet that has basic stitches. And uh, the crochet hook that they give you is, an, is a very nice one. It's made out of this cool wood and and it's got like some nice colors in it. And... Um, And like I said before, like a dishcloth is an easy way to make progress. Uh, You know, even if you can just sit down and and crochet one row, uh, I've you know, and, and I use like I kind of always have some very small project going so that even if I can just make one lap, I feel a little better about whatever it is. Or, you know, if I just need to get out of my head for a little while, I can take 15 minutes and go crochet a row or two and be, and be done and sort of context shift from whatever it was I was doing before and get out of my head and quit overthinking something. Uh, so that's another nice thing about dishcloths is you can just go forth or forth and back and then, you know, you've made some progress. And, uh, and, uh, like I said before, like crocheting isn't that complicated. Um, and this is $17 and for $17 you get a load of good stuff and it comes in a little nifty box and, uh, you can start making dishcloths.
0: All right, fine.
1: (laughs) Also, uh, and this is a, this pick is a kit from Knit Picks and I really like Knit Picks. Um, Yeah.
0: Did did I tell you what else Elle has gotten into? No. She, into spinning. Like making her own yarn. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. She she tends to, she tends to do deep dives. I'm a very like surface level person who wants to pick up a little bit of everything. And yeah. she, like, gets to one point in the ocean and then just dives straight down <laughs> until the next thing you know, she's got, like, a llama farm.
1: I was going to say, next you're going to you're gonna get a note. Now she like... has
0: llamas. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um. Well, if, if she tries to go for llamas, get alpacas because the yarn is a lot nicer.
0: She prefers alpacas as animals as well, I think. Okay. She she constantly cool. shows me pictures of like cute <laughs> alpacas
1: well i look forward to her inevitable yarn store so that i can buy alpaca yarn from l and knit with that instead
0: yeah i will uh i'll keep you posted on that okay she's, she's she wants to learn how to i don't know the the words but there's a type of spinning you can do while you're walking
1: so oh, she wants to okay. get to a
0: point where we can walk the dog and I can hold the leash and she can spin. <laughs> and I have, I have reservations about being the guy who walks the little dog with the woman who's spinning <laughs> yarn. I don't know. It's something, some deep-seated. Are you
1: talking about like drop spindles or something? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, I am. But <laughs> I don't know why it bothers me. It shouldn't. She she's she's a wonderful lady. And I love <laughs> I love that she's so crafty.
1: She's super crafty. Yeah. It's pretty great. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that's uh <laughs> that's a pretty good show we did there. All right. Um, for anyone who isn't already there and Kelly, you have an invitation, there is a Discord server with uh, quite the growing community where you can come talk about the podcast or anything that happens to be on your mind. Uh we were just talking about uh let's see. My cat. My cat comes up a lot. But there's a lot more than that. We talk about keyboards and cats and Taylor Swift because it it's a shared discord with the overtired discord and they have separate uh, okay. chat channels within the discord, but there's also a Taylor Swift disco audio channel. <laughs> That I will on occasion play music in. And I'll be honest, it has been a lot more punk rock than Taylor Swift because (laughs) nobody's in there listening to it. And I'm not going to spend Taylor Swift just for nobody.
1: (laughs) I sort of enjoy that. I'm glad to know that there's punk rock happening. That makes me happy.
0: Yes. All right. Well, tell Kelly, tell people where they can find you.
1: Okay, Um, you can find me five mornings a week over at MacObserver.com, where I host the Mac Observer Daily Observations podcast. Uh, We talk about Apple News, and um, there's actually another podcast uh, that uh, I think is on the horizon that uh, people should keep an eye on the MacObserver.com for to check out. Um, I'm also doing an episode... While we're talking Mac Observer, I will be on an episode of Background Mode with John Martellaro, uh in the coming weeks. I don't remember exactly when that's going to go live. Um, but John and I usually get together and talk about the TV that we've been watching. Uh, the TV and movies that we like and, and, and we disagree on stuff pretty often. So sometimes it's fun to go check that out. Um, you can also find me over at The Incomparable where my show with Don Melton is called Greetings from the Uncanny Valley. We talk about Westworld. And um, you can also find me over there on some of the other shows around The Incomparable. We just did a game show episode. Uh, I also did an episode where we talked about Shaun of the Dead and for Agents of Smooch. And uh, I did a podcast about uh, the movie Aliens uh, for the main show feed. Um, and the rest of the time you can find me with Mike Rose talking about whatever comes to mind over at After Show Podcast, at the After Show Podcast with Mike and Kelly at AfterShowPodcast.com. And if that's not enough listening to me talk, you can find me on Twitter as Verso.
0: Verso. Yep. That sounds like a very, uh, a very complete list. You talk a lot I I, that no I don't mean that in a bad way like no I do and it's only when I
1: have to sit down and make this list that I'm like wow that's a lot of stuff I got
0: exhausted (laughs) just hearing about all of the talking that you do
1: well the Westworld podcast generally is only on while Westworld is airing so we're not doing that's sort of on hiatus
0: right now yeah but one of you you do five days a week on yeah no yeah I do it's very impressive what you do (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and you have a day job, I do. Yeah, that's crazy. So that's
1: that's sort of my lunch hour every day. Um, uh, even though it's nine a.m., uh, because I keep East Coast office hours. Um, so I spend my lunch hour. Uh, we get together over at Mac Observer. We have our our morning meeting and uh, chat about whatever it is, and then we go record the podcast and I post it, and then I go back and work for the afternoon.
0: Wait, so you. Get up at like, your your day starts at 5 a.m.?
1: Uh, my day starts at 6. That's oh. why my alarm goes off at
0: 5.30. Oh, it mm. only takes you half an hour to get going. Yeah. That's cool. I'm, I'm much the same, but I live in a house where it takes people more like an hour and a half, so I have to get up. <laughs>
1: <sighs> yeah, well, but I also don't have to go anywhere. So I do have that, I do have that like advantage. You know, sure. I don't, I'm like, my commute is a flight of stairs.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's been my commute for twenty years now. Yeah, <laughs> and it's only doing... been my
1: commute for eight years because our 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 old house was only one story.
0: <laughs> and I'm doing intermittent fasting, so I don't even have to have breakfast. Basically, it's roll out of bed, cup of coffee, I'm ready to go. Except for yep. mon- Mondays and Fridays. Now we're back in the uh, in the studio for yoga, so I do actually have to leave the house.
1: Oh, okay.
0: I yeah. I like Zoom yoga. It's another thing I think we should keep when things get back to normal.
1: Zoom yoga sounds awesome.
0: It it is. It's it's like going to yoga, except you don't leave your house.
1: <laughs> well, I also like the idea of of the the lack of judgment of whatever outfit I'm wearing or like my downward dog isn't downward do- downward enough or whatever. Like well, I don't, don't have to worry about anyone you. else in the Oh. Okay.
0: <laughs> you wow. have the option to not turn on your video. Okay. But I mean, the fact is, it goes into presenter mode, mm-hmm. so even if other people are on the screen from where from your mat, you can't actually make out other people or anything. Okay, but
1: that that sounds a little better. Of
0: course, I've only been on the teacher side of it. Like I live <laughs> with the teacher, yeah. so I'm always behind the computer, just kind of like doing it along with the class. Mm-hmm. I've never actually attended a Zoom yoga class as like a zoom
1: a full-on attendee
0: yeah i've always had the zoom yoga in person which kind of defeats the whole zoom thing but anyway again thank you for being <laughs> here uh this went better than i had hoped based on how the rest of my day has gone
1: oh well i'm glad it Im- i hope it improved your day a little bit it, it
0: did it was a delight and uh and thanks everyone for listening i guess this is This is an awkward (laughs) sign-off.
1: See, that's why I came up with a sign-off. So that's why I end every episode of Daily Observations with be excellent to each other.
0: Do it now. Say it.
1: This has been Systematic with Brett Terpstra. He will talk to all of you again soon. In the meantime, be excellent to each other.
0: Hey, thanks for tuning in to Systematic. Check out more episodes at SystematicPod.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Find me as TT Scoff on all social platforms and follow Systematic at Systemcast SYSTMCast on Twitter. Thanks for listening.